I think that the way that people uh, assess the quality of those films as well is completely devoid of the context of those films. In the same way that you talked about Tom Cruise, um, you said, you know, Ricky Gervais defended him and said, no, it's, it's, you, he's making a $250 you know, million. And that's why I think these films should be recognized for. It's like, well, these are part of a massive process. And they're yeah. doing so how does that film function within a series? And how does it film deliver that thing for its audience? It's not about what does, you know, Thor 2 have to say about and existence. People, people are quite opinionated on them. They have a reaction oh, because they're... Have, you, have you been online? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like thinking about people's reaction to it, I remember some directors have come out and not been really happy with them. Like Martin Scorsese came out and made that comment about them uh, being junk food. No, 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 no. That is misquoting him. He okay. didn't say they were junk food. No, no, he said they were like... No, nah, no, nah, yeah, he said that. No, nah, sorry, people, people misremember that. Scorsese Scorsese defending. What he was saying was that mean the the way that those films are produced and the, the type of films they remind him of theme park rides and roller coaster rides for what they're trying to ask of an audience, and what they're trying to deliver. He wasn't saying that they were rubbish. He wasn't yeah. saying they were bad. What he was saying was that the film industry is unbalanced because most of the films that are being made are aiming to be theme park rides and stuff. And what there isn't any space for is the other stuff. The that, Irishman. Yeah, yeah, well, think, yeah, you know, other types of films to get away from that. Well, he wasn't saying they were bad. And and people were really quick to say, oh, Martin Scorsese hates Marvel. And people were always asking him to qualify his comments. But that, I, he wasn't saying they were bad. Yeah. He was just saying that that it's it's un, unbalanced. Yeah. The, the waiting's off. I think it probably is a shame that from a Scorsese or any other any director that's trying to do something that isn't that and wants to find a market for that. Mm. I reckon so many algorithms and stock flow charts yeah. of everyone in all the corporates is going, no, no, we just need to keep doing this to make money. Yeah. And I don't want everything else that's good in the cinema to become shoved into this very small yeah. corner where yeah. people don't think that there's a market to go see it because all we said before is that the the cinema was was had the bells of death ringing for it in mm. in the noughties and then that was just absolutely not true because everyone thought well with netflix mm. and online why would you go to the cinema yeah. when actually the market just responded by making films that you want to see in yeah. the cinema but that's scorsese's point is that Sure. Okay, cinema didn't die, but the, the, the space that the, yeah the space that the cinema catered for before has become much more specific to those yeah. bigger films. He made a really good point. I don't I don't want everything to consolidate into into everything feeling the yeah, same. Uh, yeah, hom- homogenized. Yeah. Do, do feel the same, and you don't you don't want that. You no, want absolutely. Be, I want I want to go and see loads of different experiences. Scorsese made a really good point earlier this year in a piece for the New Yorker, I believe, like like a leading uh, like guest ed piece. I think I, I think I remember. And this, it was yeah. and it was really powerful because what he was saying was this wasn't about my this is actually about streaming services as much about about the space the lack of uh spaces where you can go and appreciate films and obviously like the fact that cinemas are dying and the only places you can go to the cinema are the bigger ones and he was to paraphrase him what he's basically saying is if you have a carousel the way that the carousel operates on netflix and all the streaming services there's no way you've got you know you could have uh, an ingmar bergman film right next to the seven seasons of The Sopranos. Yeah. And there is no way of appreciating the differences and nuances of those two works of art together because they're just a catalog of content. Yeah. And I think what he was trying to say is like, it's the difference between a warehouse and an art gallery. Yeah. So, so you go to a warehouse and it's like, here's all the content you ever want. Pick out what you need. Go ahead. And that's what we've been given with streaming services, so right? But what he was saying is, no, you need to have an art gallery where the works of art are given the space that they require for you to appreciate them properly. The lighting, the, the yeah. The so you go to an art gallery. It's like this is an exhibition on this type of film. You, so you're not going to put a, a Picasso up next to a Van, uh, you know, next to a Van Gogh, next to a just just because it's there. You're going to make sure that when people come to see 
that film. They can appreciate it within the context properly. And that's what cinema used to be doing. You'd go to a, you know, a picture house to go and see uh, you know, something respected in its own way. Isn't it, isn't it mental how many times you hear, considering we have access to all the content that's ever been made yeah. pretty much, and you can watch it at any time you like, how much you don't have anything to watch. Yeah. But when that, that factor of when something was just on TV, you would watch yeah. it anyway. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's kind of similar to that. Totally. Like there is a factor of, oh, that's on. I would never have thought yeah. to put that on or watch it, but yeah. here I am watching this movie. I do that kind of at Christmas now, because Christmas yeah. I tend to what, turn on like the original, like mm. traditional TV and have a flick through because there's good Christmas content. But that, that exact factor is the same. If something is on in cinemas, you go, oh, it's being presented to me. Mm. I'll watch it, but I have no interest in just coming up with an idea of what to watch myself. And again, the carousel of content is so easy to just flick through and, and mind-numbingly just have it yeah. pass you by. Like, it's, it's very good very good comparison, the yeah. warehouse gallery. Uh, that was, you know what, that was actually just, me. Yeah, yeah, that was you. I, I, that wasn't Scorsese, but I was, in, I was, I was yeah. in theorizing, just, you know, to give myself a little bit of kudos there. Yeah. But- um, Well done for citing him. What it is, what it comes down to is a lack of curation, a lack of like personal mm. taste. How often I have this, where something is sat on your watch list that you've been wanting to watch for ages, and you do sincerely would like to watch that film, yeah. but it's just stuck on your watch list. And it just takes one person you know to say, oh yeah, we watched that, that was quite good. Or you, or you hear someone reference it on, on, on a show. Yeah. A character will say, it's like that bit in that film. And you'll go, oh, I better watch that now. And yeah. then it's suddenly broken out of this cocoon and you get to watch it. And it's a, I've experienced so many great films that way that have just been stuck in amber on my watch list. Yeah. And some small, small nudge, it'll finally get released. Like I had that, okay, really bad example because it wasn't an amazing film, but like The King of Staten Island. Yeah. A bit on my like watch list for about a year and it was just there and I knew I could watch it whenever I wanted but mm. and then it, all it took was me listening to Mark Maron podcast and he was talking to Steve Buscemi and he just referenced it in like 10 seconds yeah. and I went oh yeah oh yeah I'd love to see that and it's just that personal touch that personal curation yeah you know when I really get through films is so I can go sometime I can have a really busy month and I just haven't really watched any films or nothing was out in the cinema but if I know I have to get on a plane or I know I'm going on a holiday mm. and I go ooh time off yeah. what, what films do I want to watch and I load a load of them up on my yeah. iPad and then boom I'm just like in a week I'll watch four or five and that's really great yeah. because I thought what do I want to watch what did I miss yeah. like I create myself a little channel and do you know what I've just realized as well? I've had a really interesting thing with film this year where I am struggling. I've struggled to watch films in the same way that I used to because uh, I've had more time at home, much more time in the evenings to watch films. And at the beginning of the year, I was just like getting through. Oh, like lockdown. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, you know, trying to push the, like trying to watch, you know, different films, uh, yeah, esoteric saying, yeah. films. But I've realized now that what that was doing is you can't just mainline films like their content these films have to be respected in their own way. Can't so binge them, you imagine, want to sit on them. Yeah, it's like, imagine trying to raid the 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 the, the kitchen cupboards at Nomu, you know, right? The, you know, you, well, you, it's like if I just showed you a slideshow of the 100 best paintings of all time. Yeah. That didn't yeah. really give you time to go, well, here's where it's come yeah. from, here's the artist. And not that you wouldn't look into it. But, but the difference like, is, like, oh, you've seen it. You've, you've seen, seen the it. painting. Yeah. You've seen it, I've yeah. showed you the art. You've you have experienced, experienced the it. art. Yeah. If I, if I mentioned the painting, yeah, I've seen that painting. But yeah. It's about smelling the roses. Uh, yeah, totally. We're loving our warehouse carousel museum uh, analogy today. Thank you very yeah. much. That's a, it's all it's it all it's all in the tea. It's definitely for the the not not that they have any moral obligation, but I think it's an interesting one for anyone running a streaming service to try and figure out. Well, that's what Mubi tries to do differently. So Mubi has seasons, you know, like in, in the same way that a, that a, that a, that a cinema would, you know, an old oh. an old school picture house. So in the same way that like the BFI will run a season about, I don't know, yeah, Ingmar Bergman. Mubi will do a season about, oh, we're going to do it about femme fatales. Are we going to do this? And so 
because Mubi has a lot more films than it used to be because it's had to buck yeah. to the demand. But it used to be the case that like they'd only have a set number of films on their channel. And it would be like, well, if you catch it this month, it's about Femme Fatales. But next month, we've got right. these whole other new films that come on. It's, it's like a seasonal menu. Exactly. <laughs>